0: Can I get an amen? You get an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you.
1: In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you,
0: um, makes you, you know, shout out. Ooh.
1: Amen. Amen
2: and and it's more than just the talk it's the prayer in between and oh. you know it's it's a great conference to be part of because like if i if i drop something like i don't say something or i i can always go to chris and be like hey i, I wanted to do this or can you i just I, I set this nail but i didn't hit it as hard i want to could you hit it again and yeah it's yeah.
1: Cool. Oh, yeah that's nice yeah yeah i love it. team cool.
0: yeah are we, are we recording? started
1: recording yeah, okay, yeah. Well, i
0: just to well, go, go well, ahead and right, grab it yeah but chris mueller's recording. with us very cool um yeah that's really beautiful where are you from originally so I'm from Southern California.
2: Wow. Um, I grew up in North County, San Diego, and I live probably about 40 minutes from there in a, a town called Murrieta, California.
0: How long have you been a part of the Steubenville group?
2: That's a great question. Um, I want to say, you know, my journey to the conference team is a little different. I was a youth minister um, really from about 2000, working in parishes from what uh, from, uh, should I shut up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was starting
2: Sorry, to drift yeah. away from we have, like said, we have
0: a, lump, a lump table so yeah, it's just no. drifting
2: so I was youth minister in a parish you know at 2000 and I was taking kids to student bill conferences from 2000 until uh, 2016 right. um, I, I want to say I, I joined the team 2016-15 so I think if you look at people on the team I've probably been to more conferences as a as a attendee than pretty much anybody on the team um, and I, I think it was 16 or I have no idea. Time is just like, yeah, no, you know, time. I can't keep I can't, can't yeah. track of it. And you said
1: what? You have how many kids?
2: I have six kids. Six kids. Yep. Yeah.
1: They all take a little bit of brain cells from you.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the truth. Well, it's funny. So my first season of the conferences, you know, I just had a normal two, two, two conferences. And the second season, I had two conferences scheduled, but we had a baby coming. And so I ended mm. up not being able to go to one because baby was due. And then we actually uh, induced a little early, so I could get to the conference. You know, which was—you
0: <laughs> made uh, that kid come out early. He, yeah, let me tell you preach. what. My
2: wife, in retrospect, thought it was—you know—it was—it <laughs> was a rough it was a rough delivery. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I joke around. His middle name's Michael, and I after Father Michael Scanlon, You know, <laughs> uh, and and he's actually turned out to be a pretty extraordinary little guy. Like he's uh, he's fallen in love with uh, Carlo lacutus and he he wants to be a saint. I mean, he's Aww. just. He's making, you know, he wants to go to daily mass. He said he, you know, he, he got a hover bird for his birthday, but he surprised us a couple days before and he said, you know, what I really want is to make my first confession. Wow. You know, so. How I think, old is he? Uh, he's eight. He's Ugh. eight. Yeah. 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 But he's, so he's cool. a little, he's a year behind in school because he had some health stuff going on. And yeah, so we got a little late start. So, yeah.
1: Is that the one you told the story about
2: last night? Oh, Ben? Uh, yeah. With
1: the lump on his neck? What's that? With the lump on his neck?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is Ben that you're
1: talking about? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So in 2019, he was, um, like I said, he was diagnosed with T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma, which is a lot to say. It's fun <laughs> to hear him say it. Um, it is. And, it, you know, what that is, is it's, uh, it's, essentially it's leukemia. It's the same animal. It's just where they catch it. Mm-hmm. And so we were very blessed because he had a lump on his neck. Yeah. Um, most kids, they don't get a lump. Um, they just are crabby or they're cranky and they have... You know, you don't, and you just don't know what's going on um, until they're lethargic or until they have like a a bone that you think is broken or something. And at that point, you usually are like stage four leukemia. Wow. So we were very lucky; we caught his at stage two lymphoma, which you know means he didn't have to do radiation. It was a a year less of treatment. There was a lot of of blessing there for sure. Man, that's one
1: of my biggest fears as a parent. Is every time my kids complain of like all the things, I'm like. Oh, they yeah. have cancer, you know, like well, it's such yeah. a fear.
2: It, it is. And, it, you know, he's number five. And so, you know, you think you got it all figured out, right? Yeah. We didn't. Uh
0: <laughs> we so Still he, don't?
2: No, not no. at all. It's, it's a complete train wreck. But uh, he, he had that lump and I caught my friend. He's like, Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing, you know? And, and it normally is. And, and it's always nothing until it's something, and then it's something, yeah you know, yeah, 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 yeah. so it was it was something else for sure, one but, of the
1: the biggest things from your talk last night that I took away was like I'm totally guilty of doing what you said, which is you know you were saying how like maybe your son at that time was sixteen, and he had just broken up with his girlfriend and how he was like just in this moment of grief and like god yeah. didn't say oh it's not big enough we're dealing with this cancer over here with right. ben so like you're going to have to put yourself on hold right. and i think yeah. a lot of times um i do that personally is like it's not big enough to take to god like i'll just figure it out i mean i know it's prideful but it doesn't feel prideful in the moment to be like oh, it's okay god i got it like it's not that big sure. of a deal sure. almost like i want to bank up all of that For when something really bad happens and then I'll be like, okay, God, now, now I really need you. Like you're saving your favor? (laughs) Like I'm saving it. Right. I don't know why I do that, but it really, I didn't realize till you gave your speech last night, just how often we say like, oh, but what I'm going through isn't bad enough as what Susie's going through. So like, I'm just going to pray for Susie and not pray for myself because that's what God would want.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, when you really reflect on the incarnation that, yeah, he didn't come as a 30 year old. Mm. You know, he didn't, he didn't just do a public ministry. There's a private life. There's that mystery of, of his private domestic life in Nazareth. And why? Mm -hmm. Like, why would he do that unless he intended to be part of that? Mm -hmm. You know? And it it is, it's, it's a mystery. I mean, St. Paul says in him, we live and we move and we have our being. Right. And man, I just, yeah, I forget. No, I'm like, I'm in him right i mm-hmm. i exist in him you know how many times did jesus say abide in me
0: yeah. right
2: and yeah it's like well yeah, i will when i really need you you know mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. like uh you know but but right now i'm just stupid Chris, so he's on his own you yeah. know what i mean but uh christ is Chris. He, he'll come to you yeah. you know and
1: he's everywhere yeah and God's absolutely. bigger yeah that and then they read the um today's the solemnity of john the baptist and the thing that hit me too was that he said that he was in the desert for however many years till it was time for him to make his appearance. Yeah. What is that? It's, it's, I think for me, it's like there is a hiddenness, a hidden life that God calls us all to live. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That,
1: That there's things that he tells us and tells us only. And there's things that he wants us to experience, to experience an intimacy with him that the world doesn't have to always know about it.
2: Yeah. You know, there's, if you get to what holy means, it's set apart for a special purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. And so John was, was set apart. He was holy. There was, he, he came, you know, that was his purpose and to be reserved in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. until that time was, you know, you, you, you think we're called to be a holy priesthood, a holy nation. And what that really means is set apart, different. You know, you look at like the Levitical laws, uh, why, because it was a real clear demarcation that you're not like everybody else mm-hmm. right you you're not going to be like the egyptians or the other people of that land you're going to be a little weird right and and as as christians in this world you know catholics like we we shy away from that like well, I don't want to be a weird catholic yeah. right I don't wanna be the, I don't want to be the weird one and you look at like the law and you're like no jesus wants you to be weird like he doesn't want you to be like everybody else yeah, I mean, you're not going to be like the samaritans Sumer- or or the egyptians you're going to be weird and I think, you know, as a culture, we've gotten used to having sort of the mainstream in theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's time to be weird. It's time to have people cock their heads and go, why are they like that? Or how come they don't, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I wrote this the other day. I was reflecting on, you know, you used to, uh, in in ancient times, in, in the time of Christ, like if you wanted to shop, you would have to give a pinch of incense to the God of the market, right? And Christians couldn't do that. It, they, they rightly saw that as you know false worship of another god and mm-hmm. so you could not do that and so it excluded them from the marketplace and so you think of the first community mm-hmm. of believers that held all things in common that was survival right and then you go to our modern times where you like are in a little, i don't want to sound political but our biggest trading partner is china who has mandated state abortion mm-hmm. well, there's your pinch of pinch of incense yeah. right or You've got cor- massive corporations that are pushing things that are just anti-Christ. There's your pinch of incense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and where's the line? I, I, I can't tell you, but I know there's a line. You know, and I know yeah. like, as a family, we're looking more and more at like, okay, are we the frog in the pot? Are we yeah. just slowly boiling alive saying we're good? You know, where's that line? I think we're going to have to draw it. You mm-hmm. know? And it, it is. It's, it's a challenging time.
1: It makes me think about all the moms who are like, how do I know when the right time to give my kid a phone or to give my kid Snapchat Yeah, or, do I or don't I or, yeah, you know, all these things that we have to focus on is what's the pinch of incense, you know, right. yeah. Right. What, are we, what are we sacrificing for our, our souls, our kids' souls?
2: You know, and as a parent too, I mean, that, I think that's the hardest part because I'm okay being weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay being left out or being a little bit like have people kind of look at me funny, but it hurts to watch my kids be weird. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so we make these compromises because well, I don't want them to be left out. I don't want them to, and it's sort of like, man, I I think God's really more concerned with their eternity than with where they're going to go to college or you know if they were on the homecoming yeah or how they
0: feel at recess today
2: yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah but again or maybe I need to move their environment so that they can be at recess and be amongst other weird people yeah you know yeah Yeah. it's true it's beautiful but it's again it's hard. It's really hard. For sure. very hard. There's no incidental Christianity.
0: There's no incidental Christianity. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I love
1: how we started the first episode here talking about how we feel a little less weird this year, but I think it's because the weird that I described last year meant that I didn't know that I quite fit. This is our first, this is our second Steubenville concert. (laughs) Concert. Conferences. feels like a concert.
2: (laughs) You know, one of my, one of my very good friends, like he's just a, a holy man and he's got a beautiful family and he... He was a young man as a volunteer in my ministry. He came, his faith really started because a friend tricked him to come to a student conference. They said, oh, "Oh no, it's a big concert. It's going to be great. (laughs) And he got there and he was like, what? You know, but it changed his life. So yeah, yeah, It's true. I love that.
1: I think it's more just uh, being more comfortable in our own skin because you're around a bunch of other people who are probably stretching themselves. I
0: love being with a bunch of weirdos. I'm an odd duck.
1: When I'm by myself, for sure, the oddest duck. Right.
0: But to be in a safe space where you just get to be your weird, awesome self, it's, well, yeah. there's nothing like it.
2: You know, I don't know if you've ever been to like uh, traveled abroad, but, you know, we, I remember we went to Germany right after we got married. My brother was stationed there. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. But after about a week, you're just exhausted mm-hmm. from living in another culture. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, I don't yeah. I don't think the way they th- You know, it's just, it's just enough that's different. You're tired. It's exhausting. And for a Christian in this world— I mean, it's kind of exhausting, right? And so, yeah, you come to a a Steubenville conference or you're around these people and and it's like, man, okay, these are the people who get it. Like, I feel like I'm amongst my own, you know, and you are. And that's why, like, a good, strong parish Mm -hmm. makes all the difference because it's not just some place where you go with a group of strangers to do some Mm -hmm. kind of ritual. It's, it's no, this is my family where we come to our family table, you know, and and we all speak the same language. We all kind of, it's... This is the water in which we swim. Yes, amen Amen to
0: that. Okay, we ask every guest this question: If you could create for us, like, customize a Mount Rushmore of like who are the four people that have influenced you or formed you the most in your faith? Hmm.
2: Woo! Man, I got a little emotional. Uh, I would say my mom and my dad. Okay. Would definitely be there. Share hit. I guess they could. Okay. I guess they could. I'm not sure how they'd feel about it, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, you know, I was, I'm very fortunate. Um, my dad had an encounter with the Lord when he was in his thirties that changed his life and changed our life. Um, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't even born yet, but, um, and so I grew up in a family where Jesus was Lord in, in a tangible way. And, you know, he was a, a deacon in the church and had a very powerful ministry. He preached on TV for five years and, um, you know, had a, a very powerful healing ministry and just a lot of that. I mean, it, was, it you know, unbelievable. And I, you know, I was talking about that, but the only reason he could do that is because he had my mother behind him, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, my mom is the kind of person that like one day I was, uh, I was late coming back from retreat in the mountains and my wife had been staying with them and it was, I was late enough that it was worrisome. And my wife recounts that my mom was like, Hey, whatever happens, we just continue to praise the Lord. Ooh. Wow. I could have been dead on the side of the road. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, so when my son got cancer, that's where we went. That was what we knew.
0: Yeah.
2: You know I mean? So what are you going to do? How are you going to get through it? We're just going to worship. That's how we're going to get through this. Yeah. And I can't tell you that the only way you can find peace in crisis is if you can get on your knees and worship, right? That's it. That's it. Um. And so that was their role model. Um. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I know some people are like, you know, uh, I know Jason probably said John Paul II. Um,
1: <laughs> probably said Raleigh.
2: And I'm, I, you know, I guess I'm a little bit closer, um, but I'm I, sorry. you know, I look at why I'm Catholic and, and really, you know, when I was an idiot and, and wandering and I, I God I was so good. I didn't get to wander that far, but, um, my sister, who's my godmother and her uh, and her husband, Alan, my uh, my he, they got ma- so the day my dad was ordained to the diaconate, I was five. M- my sister got married that afternoon, and he, my dad, witnessed for the church. Wow! You know, did the Longest day of my life. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you know they would. As I was in college, they were sending me like Scott Hahn tapes. They you know wow. sending me books, sending me t- you know all these these apologists, and uh, really it was just. And I was doing a lot of driving in L.A. at the time. So I listened to him and I mean, that was a difference maker, you know, mm. and it was that, that, you know, when God, so that was what primed primed the pump that when I was 23 uh, and God said, go be a youth minister. Um, I mean, but I, it's hard to pick four because my my brother Bob was a youth minister and, and I saw his example, you know, there's just too many. Wow. So I'm very lucky. I mean, if I look at the, if I look at who are the, the you know the holy men and women that inspired me to faith. I don't. I can go real close. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, Deacon Ken Finn was a was a deacon in in San Diego who was just such an amazing uh, troublemaker. Uh, you know. So you know those kind of. That's funny. My dad's deaconate class. They were like the first class of deacons. They were ordained to do one thing, and none of them did that. They all just did other things. That, <laughs> oh my you know, gosh. So I just called them to. I think to make you're a mess. the first
1: person who's had a deacon. And more than one deacon on there, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. I love that so much.
2: I've been blessed. I've been really blessed, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't have to look far to find the saints that that inspired me. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. Thank you well, so much. I see much. Father. I see Father. Uh, uh, or probably Bishop. Bishop Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Bishop Joe and the Wings and Katie. So I, I will get out of the way and, uh, and make way. Chris, so. thank great. you so much yeah, for yeah, joining for us and thank it. you for just preaching
0: to us last night. That yeah. was so beautiful. Oh it was. praise God! Thank yeah, you to reflect on. It, it, uh,
2: your reflection. You know, I'm lucky. I, I get to do this. I mean, he lets me play in his kingdom. And, and uh man, I, I, I marvel at it because there's so many better choices. But I guess I look at the apostles and who he picked. I'm like, okay, the theme continues. <laughs> I
0: feel the same yes, way. The continues. Feel the same you know, too, so, for yeah. sure. You're in great company. Cool. Yep. Can right. I get it? Amen. Well, thank you, guys.
2: Amen. amen. amen.